I think we could just let it flow because it's just the two of us. I feel yeah, like just the two of us. the two of us, it's chill a little bit more. Yeah. Okay, so shall we do three, mm-hmm. two, one? Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? You good? Yeah. Just thought I'd double check. Yeah. Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about film and we say TV, but we haven't yet, um, that has aged like milk over time in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me, uh, thankfully, beautifully, happily, boldly, is David William Rogers. Hello, sir. Hello, Paris, and hello, people out there in the podcast world. What is the happening? Peoples. Yeah, what is happening, friends? It's another week. It's another movie. David William Rogers, it's just you and I today, which I mm-hmm. enjoy. Although, fun fact, one of the lead actresses in the movie that we will be discussing today knows about our podcast because we have a in with her. We were discussing having said person on the podcast and she was like, well, yeah, I'm going to tell Holly about it. And that would be Holly Hunter. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's just crazy. You know, you're just a few degrees separation from people. But exactly. Without giving too much away, David, what is the movie we are doing tonight? We are doing Raising Arizona 1987, written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. This was their second like major feature film. Um, and they said, well, I was listening to something, they were this is like their sellout movie, right? And mm. they're gonna go a little bit bigger. And there's a lot of like history behind all the connections they have with these actors that I'd love to talk about. Um, and yeah, I think this is just a really fun and clever movie that mm. had me laughing a lot while watching it. I believe this is our second Coen brothers movie that we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. We did lady killers. Um, I think they're great filmmakers. It's funny yeah. because I find that like, we'll just pick random movies. Um, and then we'll be like, oh my God, it's the same people. We just kind of like see titles and we're like, oh, let's do that one. Maybe it's an actor that draws us to it. In this case, I believe we were both interested in watching some more Nicolas Cage films and mm-hmm. that's how this one came up. And then it's like, oh yeah, like unless you're a total movie buff, which some people are, it's not always like common to know exactly who made which film, you know, when you're like talking about it, just in a, hey, we should do a new movie this week kind of way. Exactly. Um, so I love to see it, but I believe- This is also the second Holly Hunter movie we've done. That's right. we did broadcast news. We did. We love Holly Hunter. Um, mm-hmm. She knows about the podcast, obviously. So we love her and, you know, Holly, you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime. <laughs> she knows. Um, yeah. But I believe it is actually your turn, David, to do the synopsis. What turn? You do that. Let me just get this booty sweat. Oh, you, where'd you get that booty sweat? I got it from Da Nang, obviously. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> There's only one location where you get you can good only get quality food. booty sweat. This is the best kind. It's been <laughs> aged 16 years in a barrel, uh, smoked. Love that. So Love this it. movie, Raising Arizona, Nick Cage, Holly Hunter, David, mm-hmm. for those who may not know, what is this film about? Okay, so <laughs> Raising Arizona. All right, let me, let me just bust it down for you real quick. So you got this guy. His name is H.I. McDonough, high for short, played by Nicolas Cage. And, you know, he went into the system 
in an earlier age, right? Young man um, just decided to rob some grocery stores because the, you know, the economy wasn't that great at the time and he needed some money. And so he started leaving, uh, leading a life of crime, you know, but he's not really violent because he robs these banks without bullets and his guns. Cause he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Right. So he keeps going to jail. They keep, um, keep him in for a few months, let him out. Every time he gets booked, he sees this beautiful, you know, um, I don't know, sheriff's department or county cop, whatever, named Ed, who's played by Holly Hunter, and he starts getting a feeling for her, right? So he's, he says one day when he's in his bunk in jail that, all right, I'm going to, you know, set things right. I'm going to be a good man. I got Ed, short for Edwina, Holly Hunter, waiting for me out there. Goes out, proposes. And they're going to settle down. So they get married. They're living in a cabin or not a cabin, but like a trailer right out in uh, around like Tempe, Arizona or something like that. And they're going to start a family. Come to find out, Ed, Holly Hunter is barren. She says they can't have kids. They go to the doctor. It's just not looking promising for them. So they see in the paper. What is it like quin quintuplets or the mm-hmm. quintlets? The Arizona like quints. Yeah, the Arizona quints. So a couple that's kind of well off, they own their own business, um, has five babies. And they say, well, they don't need all those babies. They got enough to deal with. So they hatch this plan to go steal one of the babies. Right. And they do that. And they take one of the babies and all kind of hell breaks loose. They got this um, bounty hunter searching for him. John Goodman's character, Gail, and one of his boys finds out that the baby's stolen. So they're going to try to steal the baby. But at the same time, all these people are also falling in love with this baby because how could you not? And, you know, some lessons are learned and, uh, you know, it it ends in like a dream sequence and you kind of feel good coming out of it, but you really don't know if, you know, does Ed and high stay together and, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Good assessment. Good assessment. Had you seen this movie before we discussed doing it? Yes, I've seen it, but I really, I didn't remember too much. Right. Mm. So this came out when I was, you know, a toddler basically. Um, So I'd remember like catching some of it on TV here and there. But to actually sit down, you know, active attention, exactly, really get into the movie, um, I really hadn't before. What about you? I had not seen this movie before. And it's funny, you know, we are talking about Nicolas Cage. Like, I feel bad. Like, I actually haven't seen that many Nicolas Cage films. When I think of him, I think of, um, you know, those uh, National Treasure movies. I think of him from, like, stuff later in his life. Because I think this is, like, early in his career, right? This was his first Very first film. Okay, great. yeah. And you can kind of like see where people started to fall in love with Nicolas Cage. So like, no, I had not seen this film. Obviously we already said we love Holly Hunter. I was told by Scott to watch this film because we're talking about Nick Cage and I was blown away. Like this was not what I was expecting. Like I said, I think we all have an idea of like who Nick Cage is as an actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, this movie is really fun and it's definitely eighties, but it's not so eighties that you're just like, whoa, this is crazy, but it's fun because you see these actors, like you mentioned, John Goodman, Holly Hunter, Nick Cage, like so many people. Oh my God. Francis McDormand is in this, you know? And it's like so wild because they're so young and it's just such a random fun movie. So I really liked it, but 
obviously one of the things that sticks out to me, I mean, this wouldn't be the age like milk podcast without discussing. I mean, every single person in this movie is white. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like cast aside. And, you know, I always try to have a critical mind when it comes to that. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. does the story like not need it call for it? Is Mm -hmm. there opportunities? And you start to think about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's opportunities. Characters in this movie could be played, but People say, oh, it's a different time. Like you couldn't have a biracial couple for one mm. of these leads or um, like co-leads. But yeah, there's definitely people you could have. You could have like the, the guy that gets lines at the bank could could have been one of the farmers could yeah. have been a minority. I mean, either. Um, yeah, like you grocery said. Grocery store, gas station. The, the criminals, one of them could have been. They could have been, you know. One brothers. of the prisoners were. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. That, like that's it. You know, the guy on the yeah. top bunk that he was talking about eating sand. Yeah, that was weird. No, I mean, I just think this really speaks to the 80s or like different times in filmmaking. Like now, if you pitched this movie and it was an all white cast, people would be like, what the fuck? Like, where's the diversity? You know, just because I think we have moved to a point where it's so common to see diverse casts, like, Mm -hmm. you know, because like the world we live in is diverse. Like I look at my friendship group, my friendship group is diverse. Like the people around me every single day, like it would be weird if it was all white. So a lot of the times, and I think obviously the Coen brothers worked with a bunch of different talent. I would assume that it was just probably minorities didn't even get opportunities. Right. For some of this stuff. They brought some people in that they knew. Totally. Definitely like Holly Hunter is friends with them. Yeah. Francis um, McDormand is married to one of them. Yeah. And that's interesting part about that. Um, When I was reading up about this movie, I kind of, dove into their first movie mm-hmm. and um francis mcdermott played the like the star basically the female star in that movie because holly hunter was unavailable and holly hunter and francis were roommates roommates i saw that yeah, so holly hunter was like yeah. holly was like hey i'm i can't because of my schedule but check out francis check and out then, my roommate yeah. yeah and it was a totally different character than what mm. she played um in this film which is and her character is amazing in this film as well so yeah i, mean, I just, just think it's opportunities on yeah, the minority and it's piece. who they it's who yeah. they know and like we don't know obviously we weren't in the room at the time like it might they might not have even been brought interesting characters of color you know what mm-hmm. i mean like again it was the 80s late 80s but still like where they, they probably weren't even having these conversations i'm not yeah. excusing it but i think like you and i have it wasn't a conscious it. choice yeah, to no, leave people no. of yeah, we've we've off. reviewed enough movies now where you can tell like when it was you know someone being racist like I always come back to Breakfast at Tiffany's like that portrayal <laughs> will yeah. forever be like whoa what the fuck is happening here yeah but yeah um but obviously it did stick out to me because it's just something we notice right yeah. mm-hmm. but um I will say like one thing I did love about this and I always bring it up at some point during a podcast like I did love the male female dynamic between Nick Cage and Holly Hunter Ed and high. Like I think you had in this movie, a great strong male character and a great strong female character as yeah. well. Which and I the re- chemistry between them, which you wouldn't oh, yeah. think would mm-hmm. be so great, but it's, it's amazing uh, what they have between them. And she's such a strong actor and mm-hmm. just like geeking out when, when they're in the car and they first steal the baby, 
And out of nowhere, she's like, oh, I love him so much. I love him so much. <laughs> so much. Yeah. It was very campy <laughs> acting from both of them, right? Yeah, it was so good, though, like so spot on. And that is so hard to do yeah. and to make it funny like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, with, especially like Francis McDormand's character or Nicolas Cage, when he looks over at the baby and he goes, Oh, we got a fine one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we fine. got the best one out of him. Yeah, I think he yeah. says, he's, like, I mean, he's a fine one, but he, it's like almost like Burge on creepy and yeah. like proud at the same time. Yeah. Like they just picked up a pumpkin out of a yeah. pumpkin. Pack. And we got a good one, babe. Don't worry. We got a good one. <laughs> I think we got the best one. I think you got the best one. Yeah. Yeah. He basically says that he's like, you know, cause at one point they're driving away from, so, I mean, basically, yeah, David gave this, gave the synopsis, but like they steal a child, like they kidnap someone, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they, baby nap. And she's kind of baby crazy because she's going through all this like stuff because she's barren. And yeah, it's just a funny scene, like when they are driving away, because he's like, she's like suddenly has like a moment where she's like, Do you think the mom will be sad? And he's like, Well, of course, because she's got four like almost as good babies. Like he's still talking it up, like this baby's <laughs> oh, good. The best that one one. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nathan G- and then they're like, Which one did you get? And he's like, I think I got Nathan Jr. Because yeah. they're the all dad called like says it too. Yeah. I think it was Nathan Jr. <laughs> they've got like Larry, Gary, like they've got all yeah. these like and then Nathan Jr. Yeah. It's pretty funny. But yeah, so strong boring. performance from the both of them, I thought. Mm-hmm. And for like as an actor, just listening to them and the writing is just amazing like this is like an actor's dream to be able to to really nail these lines down and then live you know like present that character right so i was just music to me when i watched that why i watched this movie and the way like how eloquent yeah like hi and the way he talks you know yeah um yeah, just I mean, the Coen brothers, like they're like no country for old men. Like I know we kind of like said Lady Kills a bit like, eh, but it's the dialogue is always so funny. Yeah, it's I love so Lady rich. Killers, though, yeah. When we talked about it, no, that was, it was one of the things that stuck out to me is, yeah. is the dialogue and the characters that, um, that no, live I, was, in these. I was even talking about them at work because, you know, the Coen brothers, like my boss is like what, like a big fan of theirs and just talking about like how they are they're just such artists like they're such masters of their crafts also it's so interesting to read i don't know if you read this this fact they used to edit all of their own movies under like a pseudonym because they didn't want people to know that they were editing themselves so they had they had this fake name of this fake guy and they would just edit the movie which (laughs) is so fun and also because like yeah i work for a director and we're talking about movies and stuff and so much of the direction can come from an edit. Like we definitely don't give editors enough credit for shaping a project. Oh, right. For sure. And having that large scale vision. Yeah. And, and like, to, find this the has got to fit with and, this. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. has got to fit with, it's so time consuming and mm-hmm. such a, um, yeah, they're definitely artists when it comes to that, because the skill that it takes to slice up how, how much footage, right. And then put it perfectly together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's funny that they like, yeah, used to edit under a pseudonym because they had, they had to have so much, they wanted to have so much control to, you know, make sure that their movies flowed. And I think you can see that so much in this film as well, which is. Do, do, so do some of the directors that you work with, Mm -hmm. um, do they like to sit in the edit room with the editor? Yeah. I mean, I've only really worked super closely with one director mm-hmm. and he definitely, he like used to edit everything himself. So I think a lot of directors do like to be hands-on with yeah. that. Um, I mean, I think as an editor, it's silly not to, because you uh, give away so much power, like you were saying to someone else, like, you know, um, 
it's, it's a very hands-on experience. It's also, I think for a lot of directors, like, does it feel like micromanaging sitting over someone's shoulder? Like you hire someone amazing to get them to just do their job. But, yeah. but um, at points you're still, it's coming from, as a director, it's coming from your head. Right. right? So you got to be like, Hey, this is, you know, sometimes you got to be in there a little bit to say, this is what I was thinking when we set these shots up right. and this is how this should flow. Exactly. Um, by the way, I found the pseudonym. Um, so they used to edit under the name Roderick James, James. That was the editor pseudonym. <laughs> Roderick James, like J A Y N E S. So <laughs> I actually want to see if this was edited by Roderick James. This was, um, uh, Michael R Miller. Okay, fine. So yeah. They maybe obviously... they did like their shorts and maybe. They, maybe their first feature. We'll have to have a look, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand why they wanted to edit themselves you know um yeah but yeah i i loved the characters in this i think everybody did such a great job i mean some of my favorite moments were from john goodman uh william forsyth played his brother yeah william forsyth's really good yeah in this too sam mcmurray was amazing um and then randall tex cobb was the so he basically plays like this dreamlike figure that is like from yeah, HI's imagination. Hunter. Yeah. And yep. but he's real. So it's mm-hmm. cut, it is interesting where it blurs. Like, was this just an imagination or was this real? And that tattoo, right? Um, yeah, I never had, understood the, the tattoo road, part. I took it a couple ways. So the Roadrunner tattoo on his chest, it's like maybe they were kind of living similar lives. And mm-hmm. if, um, so if HI kept going one route on the criminal side, maybe he ends up you know, similar to that guy, Mm. if he keeps taking that direction, because a lot of the character work that uh, Nicolas Cage did was based around the roadrunner, even as like his outfits, his hair, all that stuff, because that's kind of, he's on the go constantly running around robbing banks or not robbing banks, but robbing gas stations, stations. convenience stores, stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of that was built into it. So I think maybe something like that, or they just had, you know, kind of like this moment where, Hey, we're not that much different Mm. when they're fighting or whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah, I kind of take it a couple ways with him, them having that moment when he pulls his shirt down and he sees the roadrunner tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's an interesting movie. There's points where it kind of goes off the rails and it's a bit silly. And then there's Mm -hmm. parts that are like very serious. Like it kind of talks about, yeah, people being infertile and, you know, the problem and, uh, it's funny to see this family comes over. So it's Frances McDormand and her husband and they have like so many kids and they're just like monsters. They're just like smashing shit. One of them carves swingers. Like, yeah. And they're swingers too. But one yeah. of them, car- one of the kids carves like fart in the wall. <laughs> and then he's like, he's just like, doesn't even react to the dad. He's like, yeah, yeah my wife wants another one, you know, something to cuddle, but it's like, so interesting that you literally are talking about babies as if they're like objects and yeah. even even nick cage and uh holly hunter's characters like they steal you know he's a thief and they steal this baby it's like they never really go into the implications of like kidnapping it's more just like you know funny glossed over like yeah. something that was stolen um like a good almost yeah and then they have the uh, holly has a realization um ed that they got to give this baby back yeah. that they both don't deserve that baby that baby has got to be with this family yeah and then i just loved the use of uh trey wilson nathan arizona senior and yeah. it, in that scene in the room and she's like can i just look at him 
a little longer and yeah, go ahead. Wait a minute. You took him. And then he's coaching them like, Hey, like, don't just break up right away. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell the authorities. I, I get what you guys are doing that you guys are in a tough spot and he had some empathy for him. Yeah. Which was a really, really cool uh, to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like off the top of my head, I can't think of that many movies that deal with infertility. Like, obviously this is an ex- extreme version where they like <laughs> steal a baby and go, you know, on a run around, but it's just something serious. And I think they do as much as this is like a crazy movie and, and whatever, they do handle it with a little bit of sensitivity. Like they really show her being depressed. And you have to remember that this was 1987. Like people have only now really started talking about miscarriages and like problems with fertility and depression yeah, being and public with it. And- yeah. And postpartum and stuff like that, which is actually so much more common, I think, than we realize, you know? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and then to have support of other people, cause you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, for women to talk about that and just be open and then go through that healing process. So it's good that people are a little more vocal about it, but yeah, yeah to your point at this time, in 87. Probably wasn't, yeah, it probably wasn't. Um, you you got to think as well, this is before the internet, before like chat rooms and stuff like support groups, you know, now yeah. if you are infertile or if you have problems conceiving, you can go on Facebook and find other women just like you or mm-hmm. couples just like you or, you know, there's more information and stuff like that. Like and did- more medical uh, mm-hmm. resources, like um, Nathan IVF Arizona and- said, mm-hmm. like, hey, you you guys just keep trying and hopefully medical science catches up with you. He goes, Lord, he's like, Lord knows it did for oh, us, God, right? Yeah, because yeah, they had five babies. So, yeah. yeah, it's I mean, it's just interesting to see how they handled it in a kind of a tender way as well. You know, as mm-hmm. much as it was so silly, like also you see um, uh, H.I. High, like you know, he gets out of the joint and then he's going straight and then they have these problems. And you can see, like, he says he drives past like, you know, convenience stores and he thinks about robbing them. Like that's also rare, like to see men dealing with, uh, like depression related to being, you know, having trouble. Um, and I think that they handled that really interestingly and sensitively, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. Cause um, he, uh, yeah, he was going through it with her. Cause that was their plan. He was changing his life and they're going to raise a family. He started working a job. And what do you say that? And then the ceiling caved in or the mm-hmm. roof fell out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cute. It's kind of sad. It's kind of beautiful. Um, one thing that was not so beautiful was the very casual racism, uh, which I don't know if you picked up on that. Uh, the, the characters that the swinger guy, the couple that have all these kids running around. Oh, the Polish jokes. Yeah. The Polish jokes, but also did you catch the part where he was like, yeah, where'd you get this healthy white baby? We were told that you know we could have a Negro. Oh, or Negro have... with the heart on the outside. Yeah, or two, they, had, goes, they also they had should... two Koreans. Yeah, but with the, the, the Negro baby with the heart on the outside, then she gets this part. Nicholas Cage goes, it's like a pause, and he goes, "Yeah, they should sell tickets." <laughs> like it's, Ooh, yeah, boy. like you know what I mean. Like it's almost like. It should be in the circus or very something. dodgy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um okay but i laughed at that right because i i know for a fact like oh like i don't know maybe it's just like my weird sense of humor and being black but that doesn't surprise me that like that white character would yeah. say that. Oh yeah. You know it was, I mean? it wasn't coming from the director's mouth. Like they weren't trying to be yeah, racist. Yeah. I don't yeah. think. I don't I think hope. so. I think it was that character. Yeah. He was already was, uh, bad. Like saying all the Polish jokes and yeah. like, 
but like healthy white baby, like that is so crazy. Yeah. It's you like know? five year, five year wait list to get a healthy white baby. It's like, <laughs> so what are you doing here? You, do you want a kid or do you want like a kid of a specific color? Like yeah. obviously they just want the right looking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they already had they had five kids. Yeah. So yeah, give me give me a baby that I can love and take care of. Uh, as long wait, as it looks wait like for a healthy me. white one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. No, it was just yeah, it was interesting. I was like, oh, and just give me a little bit. Like, <laughs> I miss. I did miss the line about like let's but like they should like sell they tickets. should sell tickets. Not like <laughs> because of the pause and like just his character. I'm pretty sure they're alluding to that. Like. You know, this should be like a scene where people can yeah. walk past, buy a ticket and see this little baby. It's hard on the outside. So, <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know if that line would make it past like the senses. Probably not. Probably not. Might be a bit like, ooh, even, <laughs> even now, I'm like, ooh. But yeah. it was so subtle. And that's yeah. that's why I appreciate it so much. But that's the genius, I think, of Nick Cage's mm-hmm. performance in this. It was very subtle. Um, I did read that the Coen brothers were like, I don't know, like I would work with Nick again, maybe. He ha- apparently had a lot of opinions on this film. Yeah, and they wanted it to be their vision yeah. and he he had his well yeah. as any act great actor good actor should have i have my my choices i have my creativity of who what this character represents and how i want to present them mm-hmm. and this is what i think this is who he should be this is how he should react you know mm-hmm. so i whatever they both came up with uh to make that blend uh for what he yeah worked out uh, produced yeah it was it was good but I did see that his hair was getting higher and higher, like to represent like the stress of his character. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting choice. I yeah. like that. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't believe this was Nick's first feature. Like he did so well. So well. Yeah. Especially. And that's what I'm saying. Like these, the lines um, were amazing too. Uh, one of that Francis McDermott um, dot, she said, you got to get him the dip tet booster. Earlier, they'll develop lockjaw night vision. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about getting the baby shots. Yeah, I did like that scene too. And Holly Hunter was like, have we done that yet, honey? He's like, no. Have we done that? Have we done that, honey? She's like, did you open up his bank accounts? She's like, have we done that yet, honey? (laughs) Like, by the way, this baby was stolen from its bed like like three days ago. Yeah, like 24 hours ago. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Have we done that, honey? By the way, (laughs) funny, funny moment in the film. Uh, So you have John Goodman and William Forsythe. They escape from prison. In, and they crawl out of this like mud it mm. reminded me of Shawshank Redemption a little yeah, but bit this you came know? first I know yeah, so yeah. I was wondering if they were inspired like there's yeah. that scene like Andy Dufresne uh, <laughs> crawled through a river and shit and came out clean on the other side it's basically the same because they say like she's Holly says what's that smell and they're like ah man we actually hit this this uh, sewer mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so did the Coen brothers do uh oh brother we're out though I think they did yeah okay they, they did right I don't know. I got to check because I mean, it totally makes sense. Yep. They did it in uh, 2000 I thought so, yeah. because John Goodman was in that. Mm-hmm. And I just love the way John can deliver lines like he did oh. in this movie and in Oh Brother Wow. Though. John Goodman is hands down one of my favorite actors. He's like fantastic. Have you seen, yeah. was it, what is it? The Cloverfield one? Have you seen that movie where it yeah, takes place? Yeah. He's so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, not controversial opinion but like he should have won something for that like it came out at such a weird time of the year that i feel like people forgot about it but that was such an amazing performance and in this he was amazing like so funny he's just so so 
present and yeah, physical timing mm-hmm. and exactly and it's just and it makes it like look effortless and yet uh, i read that every character um screamed in this movie except for the baby really and that, yeah and that was a that was a choice obviously um because they wanted the baby you know to be cute and which the baby was super super fucking cute um but yeah the baby didn't was the only one that didn't cry but maybe probably the bounty hunter didn't but all like the main mm. actors at some point were crying screaming you know john goodman um uh, they think they left the baby or they dropped the baby when mm-hmm. they ran out and they're like oh we love the baby they'll never leave because yeah. <laughs> john so john goodman and his brother char- brother's character they know uh nick cage's character from prison and they yeah. get out and so they crash with them for a while and holly hunter's character is like get the fuck out of here you know yeah they end up finding out that the baby is stolen and decide to steal him back for the reward because there's like a $25,000 reward on its head. And then they end up falling in love with the baby. Yeah. So it's, it's almost, yeah, <laughs> every single William person. Especially William Forsythe's yeah. character. like, oh, I love that baby. Take me with you. Yeah. I miss e- him so much. Everybody falls in love with this baby. And it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, but yeah, they both scream and cry and rob a bank. And <laughs> it's a comedy of errors. Yeah. yeah. They're like terrible criminals too. <laughs> He's like, count to 121 and I'll be back to yeah, check. That bank scene is so funny. Everybody freeze on the ground. The guy's like, wait, did we freeze or get on, the ground? get on the ground? And he's like, oh shit, where are the bank tells? And they're like, yeah. we're on the ground, sir. And, he, what, <laughs> and then they take a couple steps in and John Goodman goes, all right, we're about to start this bank robbery properly now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they'd fucked it up up to that point. And he gets out. He's like, man, that old guy had me shook a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he was messing me up. Yeah. Threw me up. Yeah. It's such a good performance <laughs> from both of them. I mean, the, the crazy thing is, and this is what's so exciting, I think, about where we're at in our careers right now, because we haven't like hit a big yet. yet. But yet. like, you know, they were all working together like young guns you know, probably a couple movies under the belt or Nick had just like, this was his first feature mm-hmm. and they became legends. Like it's yeah. so crazy now to watch movies and realize that these people have worked together like 40 years ago, you yeah. know, yeah. and they probably learned so much. And I think there is something interesting about this film versus like later Coen brothers films. And it's the same as when you watch like indie films versus like a studio I love, like you can sense the magic. Like they really had to stretch the budget. Right. Yeah. Like they didn't want this to be the next film. They wanted the film after this one to be the, you know, like they kind of, they kind of had to do this one first because they didn't have the money for it. And when you don't have a big budget, you get so ingenious with your scenes, with how you're shooting stuff, like how it comes together. I don't know. Like there's something magic about this movie. I think. Yeah. What was that? They, um, the Tim Robbins movie that they made and that's the one they couldn't get the budget for. Yeah. The 1992 one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they named, uh, the company that, uh, H I McDonough was working at like after that movie. Was it, Oh, was it the hand Hudsucker proxy in 1994? Yeah. 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 And they named the company. I think that H I McDonough worked at Hudsucker or something like that. Yeah. Kind of like, because they wanted sprinkle it in there. They, they needed like 40 million dollars for that Hudsucker company one and then mm. they couldn't get it so they had to make the, like they, they didn't have to but like you know uh, if you don't to make know, it properly. Right. Yeah. If you if you don't know a lot about movies like you know David and I are still learning the business a little bit as well we're working in it but like you have to always have something that you're doing right? Like they could have just waited till the Hudsucker company came out in 1994. And their first movie came out in 1984. Like you have to do something in that decade, you know, but Mm. it takes years of your life to write the thing, plan it, crew up, pre-production, get the money. Like, so 
you know, the fact that this was their second film, it probably enhanced the movie that they wanted to make next because yeah, they yeah. already learned a shitload, you know. And how the mindset you have to have, first of all, it's amazing talent to have multiple projects just waiting um, mm. to to be produced, to be greenlit, to be uh, financed. But then to say like, ah, yeah, we can get 25 for this, but it's going to take 40 to make the movie we want. All right, let's not do it. Yeah. Let's do some other stuff until we get the, the finance. Okay. You know, like to put down your creation, knowing yeah. that you can't give what you want to give to it just yet. And yeah. to hold off on that is just amazing to like have that, uh, that strength to be able to do that. But I think as well, what people don't realize in this business is that like, sometimes something goes and like, you know, we always talk about this, you and me, David, on the podcast, like we love film and we love every single person that's involved with this, with every film that we do, even if we're like, eh, this did kind of age, you know, like we sort of talk about like breakfast at Tiffany's and it's like, Ugh, a little bit racist there, but it is so fucking difficult to make a movie from start mm -hmm. to finish. Like you, so many things can go wrong. Right. And like, it could literally never see the light of day or like the lead actor could like pass away or something, you know, like we've seen it a million times, something that is just completely out of your control happens. So when you have a project, like you said, and you just have to keep like, like you just have to keep the fire there. So it's incredible that they had another movie that they really desperately wanted to make. And they said to themselves, I'm going to put it down for now. I'm going to like not put my whole entire heart and soul mm -hmm. into this. Because if you, sometimes it's like, if you take your eye off that prize, it could never, never pop back. up. Yeah. Right. It's in a drawer somewhere. And, but yeah. Raising Arizona is one of those movies that, like, I think it took people by surprise by how good it was, you know? Yeah. But it didn't do well when it out came of the out. Gate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It didn't do well in the box office. And then it's our, not, you know, it's a cult classic. And yeah. what, it's like almost 35 years old. Yeah. So it's older than us. Well, yeah, yeah, it's 34. It's exactly a year older people, than me. So <laughs> people spoiler. Love this movie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. and it wouldn't, I mean, so many things could have like not been the way they are. Like the fact Nick Cage might not have the career he has today without this movie sort of jump starting, yeah. you know? All, all of them. Holly Hunter, Francis, um, John Goodman. I mean, all these people have had and all continue to have great careers yeah so exactly. and like nick's making a comeback right now i just saw a billboard for pig nick has it's, so many movies i just yeah, shot his, a his credits oh, no. <laughs> i just i just shot a commercial in montana and like everyone's like oh i just worked on the last two nick cage movies oh i got i get the next nick cage movie like nick cage <laughs> is work he be working you know he be working yeah yeah. Some people like wild. slow down in their older age. Nick is like, let's fucking go. Let's do this. Let's double it. Yeah. Let's double it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Been a fan of his for years. And he's just all the stuff to me is entertaining. I have you know? to say, like, controversial, but like, this might be my favorite Nick Cage movie so far. Like, as far as I mean, I'm gonna have to watch some other ones to yeah. compare, like rewatch. But as far as like character work, I think this is pretty solid. This is um, amazing. You could tell like the passion that he had coming out in this and his being it's his the first energy, feature. right? Like yeah, that he really put everything into it. There's a scene I keep thinking of, like he gets, you know, how he's like under the car and he gets like dragged mm -hmm. out by the bounty hunter. 
he's just like he throws himself to the ground you know like yep. you can tell he's just like full body committing like i think that's go, amazing yeah yeah it is amazing yeah oh, his facial expressions and <laughs> maybe maybe he maybe. wasn't given as much free range in future movies because i feel like this was the most animated i've ever seen nick cage personally um you gotta watch like a movie called snake eyes mm-hmm. where he's you ever see that one no where they're at the boxing okay the, uh and i know one Con- i know is- con air is like very popular con air but yeah but he's not like to your point he's not animated in that one but like this uh snake eyes he is um he's also in this movie it's pretty dark with uh walking phoenix called eight millimeter i believe oh i saw that it online fan- that movie's fantastic it's yeah. really, really dark subject matter mm-hmm. but um it's it's like about a snuff film that he's trying oh. to recover for this for this uh for this rich widow so it doesn't get out that her husband you know so yeah so it's uh, but like but yeah, I there's, mean, there's a couple maybe he stuff. veered towards more like serious roles for a while but like this is like so because you know then there's like the matchstick man and like all these kinds of movies but yeah. this this is like i feel like he just got to like be free and just be like crazy and like have you know, fun with it yeah yeah, yeah. it's a fun movie but um Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they address some serious topics like crime. <laughs> like the reason they can't adopt, like you would think they right away, like before they just steal a baby, they would go through like adoption and all this stuff. They try, but yeah. he's rejected because he's a, they... <laughs> a criminal. Yeah, like an eight-time felon. Yeah. Um, and they just kept letting him out. He's like, Are you trying to tell me what I want to hear? No, I'm a changed man. Well, I guess I am trying to change or tell you what you want to hear. And they go, we just told you not to tell us what we yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you're out. For real. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, there is, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is a fun movie and it's funny. Cause like you watch movies from the eighties and it's like so hard to relate cause they don't have cell phones and they don't, you know, it's just so different than the world we live in now. Cause now you could be like, Oh, I already found like a egg donor, you know, like IVF is so much yeah. more common now. Um, but yeah or, yeah to have somebody to have the baby for you whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um or probably tracking in the in the babies too you know a little mm. toe tag yeah like nah, someone took the baby yeah i got him you know let me get <laughs> find my find my baby on my yeah. iphone yeah no the best <laughs> is when they hear like a bunch of like movement upstairs so while they're stealing the babies there's this funny scene he sort of like picks them all out of bed and then it's like a chaos scene where the baby's like <laughs> one's going towards the stairs like one's trying to climb under here and the mom and dad just look up at the ceiling like that's weird but they don't move for like 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> now we're such helicopter parents that'll be like the first noise you'd be like what the fuck what the fuck what's going yeah. on yeah checking the baby monitor all oh yeah you have a baby, baby monitor room. too yeah 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 we have that technology now <laughs> uh nick nick cage is in the baby but, room. yeah uh, someone just put a ladder <laughs> into the room probably, probably gonna want to go up there yeah <laughs> yeah also like the giant bed with all the babies that's not that's not with good. their names yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not gonna stay there <laughs> if you if you have like five babies and they're identical uh yeah you gotta have a way to like tell them apart you gotta have like ankle bracelets or something you know color code mm-hmm. yeah i mean if i guess if it's your if you're if it's your baby and they're identical i'm sure you've got a strategy or like you can tell the difference I mean, but... doesn't matter though like if you have a nathan and an ed and you switch them up six months later and then uh, I think they, kind of one and then nathan's ed now i mean mm. they, they don't really know they're mm. babies <laughs> mm, maybe. maybe i don't know i'm not a twin <laughs> so i don't know this is one of me but yeah i feel <laughs> like a yeah. 
Yeah. A quint. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, I do have friends that had a baby, a uh, couple babies recently twins, but they, I feel like they look different enough, but yeah, if you had five, it's not a good enough strategy to put them in one giant bed with their names above their heads and hope they just stay, <laughs> stay in that exact yeah. location. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this movie was really fun. I'm glad we watched it. Um, it definitely, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting like yeah not this i didn't i again i didn't really read the synopsis i just was like let's just go in let's not i love that i love jumping in yeah just experiencing a a film but you what you look at the like the thumbnail when you go onto i think i watched it on hulu or yeah i think i watched it on hulu it's available in america on hulu and it just doesn't give it just doesn't give too much away just doesn't yeah yeah. I didn't find it on Hulu. I, I, every time I Googled it, it said it was on Hulu, mm-hmm. Hulu subscription, but I watched it for free on Amazon. Nice question. What would a remake of this movie look like if it was to take place today? Ah, uh, that's hard though, because like you said, with the technology and uh, a bounty hunter like that, isn't going to run around with grenades, throwing them at bunnies and stuff like that. I just, I, I don't think you do this movie. Yeah, you don't it, think there's a world in which it could be remade. Yeah, you don't. It wouldn't. It's not the same movie, right? It's mm. same premise, but it's a totally different movie today. You couldn't couldn't do any of that with technology. With yeah, because technology people, that exists, people would be f- taking photos of stuff with their phones like that. There was none of that here, right? Yeah. Like you, if you stole exactly. a baby in the '80s, you could literally disappear into the fucking desert. Yeah, dip out, and they have a different name. You probably get some falsified paperwork somewhere. Like you, mm-hmm. you might even be able to go to the hospital. Like, hey, we had this baby in the car. Yeah, a couple of days ago. I'm just, uh, she's just rested up now. We want to get him in the system. Boom, bam. You know, and now he's he's uh, HI Junior. Ed Jr. Ed Jr. Yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> Edward. So it's uh, I yeah, I don't know if you could do this movie today. It's uh, I think you could if it took place in like a really remote. Yeah, the the element of this film that works is that like it's Arizona, you know, lots of space, no one's around. Um, they were not happy about this movie. Arizona, Arizona. wasn't really. Yeah, I read. I read it. Even they got up to like the mayor of one of the cities and they were not happy about the portrayal oh. <laughs> of, of yeah <laughs> i have to say i have been to arizona state a few times and i love it i think you know i love the desert um but they definitely did make it seem like people from arizona were really stupid like that was the overall takeaway from this film but that's the uh that's the part though because hi seems like he's uneducated he's in the system constantly but the way he speaks is very eloquent right mm-hmm. and it's almost like shakespearean some of the stuff he says is that is that it allowed can, can policemen police women fall in love and marry reformed criminals like i mean laws is laws if he was he was paroled laws is laws so. and love is love <laughs> exactly you know how it is <laughs> and those two shall not meet <laughs> he's in jail for a while like he they really don't see each other that often and then he's uh yeah buys her a ring the last time he's like because i'll see her in eight eight to 14 months or yeah, something like that's that. a long time yeah long time. <laughs> well david what do you think then yeah. uh we've covered a lot of things i mean it's great when the movies mm-hmm. are this fun and it's not as you know you're not like oh boy let's dig in hour and a half here we go yeah. let's go um it did w- it did get nominated four times did you see that no this for film? what 
It got nominated for, uh, well, Nick Cage got nominated for Funniest Actor in a Motion Picture by the American Comedy Award. Um, and then the NSFC, I don't know what that is, but, oh, National Society of Film Critics. Okay. Uh, they got nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Actress for uh, Holly Hunter, although it actually says broadcast oh, nice. news there. So maybe it was different. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think this movie, like you said, didn't get widely appreciated when it first came out. But I think now people are like, oh, this movie's great. So yeah, it's definitely a cult classic now. If you sure. haven't seen it, go watch Check it. Check it out. Check it out. You can watch it on Amazon or Hulu if you are in mm-hmm. the United States. Um, yes, it's a good one. I did have one more random fact, funny quote. So I read that um, the original, the OG baby um, got fired. Because it learned how to walk. I read that too. Yeah, they, and the mom, they... mom was trying to put the shoes on backwards, mm-hmm. and they had to recast the baby. They had to recast. Hollywood's tough, man. Hollywood's I, tough. I also read that the baby that is credited, I think his name is T.J. Clune. I think that's his name. He retired from acting after this. He is a realtor now. I mean, he did crush it. Um, hopefully, he's still getting those checks. One and done, and, baby. Uh, uh, yeah. one and done uh well so who did you have as your uh as your person okay this one's gonna be a new one for the age like milk podcast i'm gonna tell you that right now i went with julie adams okay and she is a dialect coach oh yeah yeah, right. And I thought there's some interesting dialect in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's worked on Lethal Weapon, Transformers, End of the Storm, The Jacket, um, Counselor, Despicable Me, Thor. So she's uh, she's been putting in work. She's done a lot of stuff. So, um, Julie, whatever you did to help these actors, like get some of this dialect down and nail their lines, which is super important for a movie like this and the with this writing. So we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you, Julie. Uh, yeah, who do you got? Well, you know, I never go for like the main above the line people because there's so many people in the crew that work so hard, but I, I have to give this to Holly Hunter. I'm sorry, but like she just absolutely crushed it in this movie. Um, yeah, not to be a total fangirl. Like I said, at the top of the show, we are one degree of separation away. I just think she's like probably a hero of mine. And I don't say that lightly, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, but like, true. she's just had such an amazing career and she's such a little pocket rocket. And I feel like I have never seen something where I've been like, you know, who really didn't bring it Holly Hunter, um, because mm. she's just such she's always on her a game. And For she's sure. also she's also understated, you know, like. We talked about how much we loved Francis in a previous podcast, but like Holly Hunter is also one of those female actors that like, I don't know, her career is just like so prolific, right? Like she's just done everything and she's household name. And I don't know, like as a woman, you know, trying to break into the industry, it's so awesome to see her career and see like how far she's gone. So I, I gotta give it to Holly on this one. Like, I just thought, you know, I know Nick Cage did obviously such an amazing job, but without holly's character like he has no one to play off you know so yeah yeah, yeah i absolutely loved her everything she does it's like a, a master class in acting she's um just looking at everything she's been in is fantastic oh yeah 
the big six she was on a bunch of episodes for succession which i'm um, so excited for season three by the way yeah exactly let's go um and she was in old brother we're out though mm-hmm. and she <laughs> she was george clooney's uh beau yeah oh and i'm she, sure she, she crushed that role she i mean from what i know of her from like one degree of separation she's a good person she has those great relationships i mean if you're friends with the coen brothers for the last 35 years of course you're going to take their calls and do whatever movie they're doing like the pitch yeah. could be terrible and you'd be like yeah sure i'll do it and and how cool is that though that they're they're friends and they've been yeah friends for, for years so when they were all yeah. roommates living living that poor life we know about that i mean we're still mm-hmm. trying to make it so yeah exactly now holly we see you and we appreciate you see you and we appreciate you. thanks for your performance yes sir how do you think this movie aged i mean i think it did not age like milk i think it's still pretty fresh you know like that's why i was asking you about if a remake was to happen obviously there's certainly things that root it back in the 80s like it is not like something that's a universal story where you'd be like, oh yeah, you could totally steal a baby now and not get caught like immediately. <laughs> but I nothing in this movie like offended me so much except for like the lack of diversity and some of the off-color jokes that you still thought were hilarious. Um, but yeah. like, you know, I, I think it aged like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a yogurt. Like it's, there's parts of it that have turned maybe, but like, okay. it's, it's still pretty fresh. I'd still eat this. I'd still eat it. How about you? Okay. Yeah, I also don't think it aged poorly. I think this movie is still still great, still holds up. And if it's just a good film, right? And there's not a lot of extra stuff mm. like you see in some of these blockbusters and you need, you know, CGI, a bunch of CGI and a bunch of big bangs and all this other stuff. This is just a story about a couple who a little bit down on their luck Mm -hmm. and they try to take it into their own hands and the cast is amazing the writing's amazing and i I thoroughly enjoy this movie and other movies you know in the same vein so it's i think it's refreshing to still Mm. to be able to go back and look at these movies um i'm trying to compare it to you know similar movies today that are made like this but i nothing's coming up just off the top of my head well, um, also I'm, sure the, could, I'm sure i could well, find one but also because the coen brothers have such their distinct flavor too right mm-hmm. like we've i think we know a little bit about the, them now as filmmakers and like this is yeah you watch it and like you can almost tell it is this like i don't know if it's like a vibe or an editing style or a story like you, we were talking about yeah. flow yeah mm-hmm. i can't think of a comparable movie right now um also like it's so campy and you know you think about it, it t- took place 35 years ago people have definitely borrowed from this film like tried to make yeah. something like this you know yeah, and yeah. it's it's the og so yeah, yeah. it says something when you can uh make a movie like this and it stands the test of time and it holds up definitely so yeah good good work everyone good work everyone and good choice us uh listen we need to, <laughs> we need to do more nick cage movies because yeah he's got some cool shit coming out but um yeah for sure yeah guys thanks so much for following and supporting us we definitely see you we appreciate you we see the new cities um on our stats i think this past week it was cairo we were like oh shit we've got some people listening in egypt now that's sexy and exotic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so 
I don't know who you are, random person in Egypt, because I think it's like we got like one view in Egypt, but whatever. I was still counting it. Uh, I'm glad they're listening. Thank you. We appreciate the support. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Email us your suggestions. And David, you should check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Because gross milk is gross. Thanks, guys. That's our show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Go. (laughs) Do the words. Do the words now.